0: Amen? Well, if you please take your Bibles, turn with me at this time to the Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 27, and uh, verses 32 through 46. Our message series is called Lead Me to the Cross, and together we have been following Jesus' last days to the cross. And today, we arrive at our destination, because today we arrive at the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, Today's text is an especially sacred portion of Scripture, a holy of holies, if you will. Jesus, the perfect Son of God, suffers and dies on the cross. This was his purpose in coming. Jesus was born to die, and his whole life was oriented to the cross. He lived his entire life in obedience to the Father. And when it was time for him to go to the cross, he did not turn back. He continued, determined and resolute in his actions, Father, lead me to the cross. So we're in Matthew chapter 27, uh, verses 32 through 36. Please stand with me for the reading of God's word. Matthew 27, verses 32 and following. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. This is the word of God. Amen. Please be seated. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we look into your word now, we ask that you would indeed speak to us uh, from the sacred portion of Scripture. Lord, help us to enter more deeply uh, into the mystery of your sufferings and death for us on the cross. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Savior, I come Quiet in my soul Remember Redemption's here Where your blood was spilled For my ransom Everything I want Say suffered more than Jesus did at the cross. Other men had died. Other men had been crucified. But no one suffered more than Jesus did at the cross. This is all the more striking because Jesus was an innocent man. He lived a perfect life. He never harmed anyone. He had done no wrong. He only did good. And when you look at Jesus' suffering at the cross, you you have to ask the question, why? Right? Why, Why did Jesus have to suffer so much? Why did they do it to him, and why did he do it for us? And once you fully grasp the answer to those two questions, your life, will never be the same. This morning, we are going to look at Jesus' sufferings at the cross in four sections. Jesus bore the full pain of the cross. Jesus bore the full shame of the cross. Jesus bore the full insult of the cross. And then finally, Jesus bore the full penalty for sin at the cross. There's an outline in your worship guide. I would encourage you to take that out as we walk through these four sections together. So we begin with the fact that Jesus bore the full pain of the cross. And here we are talking about Jesus' physical suffering, the physical pain that Jesus experienced at the cross. And the first thing we learn from our text this morning is that Jesus used up all of his strength on his way to the cross. He used up all of his strength. Look at verse 32. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. Now you might first read this verse and think just the opposite. You say, well no, doesn't that mean Jesus did not did not use up all of his strength? Because someone else carried the cross for him. But you see, that's not what's happening here. The reason, the reason the soldiers forced Simon to carry the cross was because Jesus could not carry it any further. He had used up all of his strength. Remember, Jesus had been up all night. He hadn't slept. He was taken violently in the middle of the night. He was shuttled from court to court. He was tried unjustly before both Caiaphas and then then Pilate. Jesus had been beaten, clubbed, scourged, and then had a crown of thorns pushed down into his head. And not only that, Jesus had already carried his cross quite a distance. The Romans in those days, they, they made the condemned person carry their own cross to the place of crucifixion. Now, the upright part of the cross would, would already be in the ground waiting for you, okay? But you would carry the crossbar section on your shoulders through the city. And oh, you, you did, did not take the most direct route. They wanted to make a public example of you. So you took the long way as they led you around the city streets so as many people as possible could see you on the way to your own execution. Now, you were supposed to carry your cross all the way. So there's only one reason that these soldiers would have forced someone else to carry the cross for Jesus. Jesus had used up all his strength. I imagine he probably stumbled several times going through the city. Each time they forced him to keep going, he'd get up and he'd take some more steps, but finally Jesus reached that breaking point. No matter how much they yelled at him or whipped him or or kicked him, he could not carry that cross a single inch further. He had used up every ounce of his strength, so they forced Simon to carry the cross for him. Not only did Jesus use up all of his strength on the way to the cross, when he got there, he refused to dull the pain. He refused. Look at verses 33 and 34. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And there they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. The cross inflicted such excruciating pain that the condemned prisoner was often given this mixture of wine to drink in order to help deaden the pain. And so when they arrived at Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, okay, either because it resembled a skull or simply because it was a place of execution, when they arrived there, they offered Jesus this mixture. But Jesus refused to drink it. Think about it. When you or I get a simple headache, what do we do? We run to the the cabinet. We get a Tylenol or an aspirin. It's like, oh, I can't handle this pain. So we take something to deaden the pain. Jesus went to the cross with all of his senses fully alert, with all of his nerve endings fully functional. Jesus bore the full pain of the cross. He used up all his strength. He refused to dull the pain. And there at the place of the skull, they crucified our Lord. Jesus bore the full pain of the cross. That was the physical suffering. Jesus also bore the full shame of the cross. That is emotional suffering. We experience many negative emotions in life, but perhaps none is so devastating as the emotion of shame. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt shame, true, uh, full shame? Shame cuts right to the core of your identity and self-worth. It is a horrible, stifling, crippling feeling. And if you have ever felt shame in your life, take heart. Because Jesus knows all about shame. And Jesus died to take Away your shame. The cross was a shameful death. And Jesus bore the full shame of the cross. First of all, they took his clothing. Look at verses 35 and 36. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Private shame is bad enough, but public shame is the most crippling of all. Jesus' death was a public, humiliating death. When they took away his clothing, they took away his dignity. They exposed his nakedness for all to see, They divided up his clothes by casting lots, and then they sat down to keep watch over him on the cross. By the way, this was yet another fulfillment of Scripture. We've seen so many uh, in these final chapters of Matthew. We read from Psalm 22 earlier in the service today. Psalm 22 was written by King David a thousand years before Christ. And yet David describes in striking detail the various elements of Christ's crucifixion. In verse 18, Psalm twenty-two eighteen 18 speaks specifically of the soldiers doing what? Dividing up Christ's garments and casting lots for his clothing. So first, they took his clothing. Secondly, they mocked his true identity. They mocked his true identity. Look at verse 37 with me now. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And so this was the written charge. This is the reason why Jesus was condemned. The Romans would take the the written charge and they would hang it first around the person's neck while they carried their cross through the city streets. And then they would nail it to the cross above the person's head so that everyone could see why this person was being crucified. They exposed his crime, and this served as a warning to others. Well, the charge against Jesus was just a simple declaration this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. This served, first of all, as a warning. To any would-be kings out there, anybody who would try to take Caesar's place, this is what happens when you get in Caesar's way. But isn't it interesting that Jesus was condemned not for something he did, but because of who he was. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And the ironic thing about that is Jesus actually was the king of the Jews. He was the Messiah. He had come to save his people, and by placing the sign above his head, they mocked Jesus' true identity. Not only that, but they also crucified him between two thieves. Look at verse 38. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. This is the shame of false accusation and association. Have you ever been falsely accused? Or had your reputation smeared? And especially when you are pronounced guilty by association. You want so much to clear your name. You want the chance to stand up in front of everyone and say, I'm not like that. I did not do that. I'm not like Them. And Jesus was an innocent man. He had done no wrong. He did not deserve to die, and yet they crucified him between two thieves as though he were a common criminal himself. Jesus bore the full shame of the cross. They took his clothing. They mocked his true identity. They crucified him between two thieves. Jesus bore the full pain of the cross, physical suffering. He bore the full shame of the cross, emotional suffering. Thirdly, he bore the full insult of the cross, or what we might call relational suffering. Now, physical and emotional sufferings are bad enough But when you are completely abandoned by your friends, when you are cut off from all comfort and support, when you are subjected to the taunts of your enemies, the wounds only cut that much deeper. Matthew tells us there were three groups of people that day who insulted Jesus at the cross. First, those who passed by insulted him. Look at verses 39 and 40. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. Remember, Jesus' death was a public execution. So the people came out to watch him die. And remember that that charge about destroying the temple, that came up at Jesus' trial, right? Apparently the word had leaked out. But you know what? It was a bogus charge then. It was a bogus charge now. Jesus never said he was going to destroy the temple. He said, you destroy the temple and I'll raise it in three days. He'd been speaking of his body. He's been speaking of his body which would be broken on the cross. And as the people mock him with these words, that is exactly what is happening before their faces. They are destroying the temple of his body, which he will raise on the third day. The people cried out, come down from the cross if you are the son of God. Well, he was the son of God. And he could have come down from the cross if he chose to. Wouldn't that have caused a stir? You know, Satan used the same line of attack when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness. What did Satan say? If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from the temple. You know what? It didn't work then, and it didn't work now. Yes, Jesus was the Son of God. He could have turned the stones into bread. He could have jumped from the temple and suffered no harm. And... He could have come down from the cross if he so chose. So those who passed by insulted him, and then the religious leaders, they also mocked him. Look at verses 41 to 43. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I'm the son of God. He saved others, but he cannot save himself. You know, these words were meant as an insult, but they are actually a testimony to Jesus' saving love. Jesus had indeed come to save others. But he could only save others by not saving himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now and we will believe in him. Once again, these words are spoken as an insult, but they contain truth. Jesus was the king of Israel. And yes, they probably would have believed in him if he came down from the cross. But then Jesus could not have saved them. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. And so Jesus is attacked at the point of his sonship once again. And yes, God the Father did want his son. Yes, God could have rescued him at any point. But God the Father and God the Son together chose the cross so that we could be saved. And while we're talking about relational suffering at the cross, notice even the thieves insulted him. Look at verse 44. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. And you would think if anyone would have sympathy for Jesus on the cross, it would be the two thieves who were crucified with him. Misery loves company, and there is solidarity in suffering, yet even the thieves insulted him. And so Jesus bore the full insult of the cross. Those who passed by hurled insults at him. The religious leaders mocked him. Even the thieves heaped their insults upon him. Jesus bore the full pain of the cross, that's physical suffering. He bore the full shame of the cross, that's emotional suffering. He bore the full insult of the cross, that's relational suffering. And finally, Jesus bore the full penalty for sin at the cross, that is spiritual suffering. And as bad as all the other sufferings were at the cross, this was the deepest suffering of all look at verses 45 and 46 from the sixth hour until the ninth hour darkness came over all the land about the ninth hour Jesus cried out in a loud voice eloi eloi lama sabachthani which means my god My God, why have you forsaken me? The sixth hour until the ninth hour was 12 noon to three o'clock, normally the brightest part of the day. And for those three hours, darkness came over all the land. The darkness was a visible sign of God's judgment and wrath against sin being poured out on Jesus' at the cross. See, all those other sufferings that we, we spent the whole morning talking about, all those other sufferings were merely preliminary. Jesus' real suffering began now in earnest. For three hours, Jesus suffered the wrath of God For the sins of man. In just three hours, Jesus suffered in his spirit an eternity of punishment for our sins. And the depth of Jesus' spiritual suffering is reflected in his cry My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus quotes here from the first verse of Psalm 22. That's that Psalm of David we looked at earlier, which so specifically details Christ's sufferings on the cross. And we're going to talk more about this phrase that Jesus speaks here and what it means next week when we look at Jesus' actual death on the cross. But for now, simply know this. It meant Jesus was receiving the full penalty for sin on the cross as he was forsaken by God his Father. This was the suffering that Jesus foretold to his disciples earlier. This was the suffering that Jesus dreaded in the Garden of Gethsemane, this spiritual suffering. But this was also the suffering for which Jesus came. And this was why Jesus stayed on the cross, even when his enemies taunted him to come down. The Bible tells us that Jesus paid the full price for all our sins. We read in Isaiah chapter 53, Surely He took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered Him stricken by God, smitten by Him and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus paid the full price for all our sins when he suffered and died at the cross. Jesus is the infinite God-man and therefore his sacrifice was more than sufficient to pay the cost to cover every sin of, of every man and every woman who ever lived. Jesus bore the full penalty for sin at the cross. And of course, this This is the answer, right, to to the question with which we began today. Why did Jesus have to suffer so much? Why did he have to undergo such suffering? And the answer is clear. The greatest suffering occurred at the cross because the greatest price was paid at the cross. Jesus paid for all our sin. Sin is an infinite offense against an infinitely holy God and requires an infinitely great price to be paid. Jesus' suffering at the cross shows you how much God loves you. It was God's great love for you that sent him there. The great love of God the Father who sent his Son to suffer and die in your place. The great love of Jesus the Son who came to suffer and die in your place. It was your sins, it was my sins that put Jesus on the cross. And so Jesus' suffering demands a response. A response of repentance and faith from all who hear about the amazing sacrifice that he made for you and for me. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song. Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for our Lord Jesus who suffered so much for our sakes. Lord Jesus, it was each of us who deserved your place, And you took our place. And Lord, all we can do is express our gratitude and bow the knee and worship you as the King of kings. The King of the Jews, the King of Israel, the King of the universe, the King of my life, the King of our lives. Lord, we bow the knee to you, we worship you, and we praise you, and we wonder at things that we cannot fully understand, we will never fully grasp what you experienced for us at the cross, but we can worship you for it, we pray in Jesus' name.